Guys, on, on a lighter note, I think a conservative estimate of my drive on nine was three three thirty. That sounds Damn. right. No, you were you were well over the card path, or you hit the card path. And you must have got that juicy card path bounce. Love yeah. it. I didn't see a high a high nasty bounce. Me neither. Either way, like I mean, as soon as it came off the as soon as it came off the club, it was like, oh, that is. Yeah, I I wish I pimped the club twirl a little bit better. It just felt so good, I froze. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. That's gmail.com. I swallowed the G there. Uh, you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, etc., etc. Um, and then uh, additionally, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn, and uh, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Uh, we're, you know, we're just we're out here, out here thriving, still thriving, working. I hit some golf balls this afternoon, uh, and rode the rode the stationary bike for a little bit. Got a little sweat going. Have, had myself a real adult, a real adult man afternoon. So, uh, anyhow, good times. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we've had, you know, a drier couple of past days, a little warmer, but it's fine. You know, the dying breaths of summer are are upon us. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. Rest in peace, respects, all that good stuff to Norm MacDonald, a.k.a. Turd Ferguson, uh, one one of the better long-running characters in... In SNL history for sure was his Burt Reynolds for Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, yeah, I think he's one of those guys who like if I if I were this old during his prime, I would have appreciated his stuff so much more. Um, yes. Yep. So it it's kind of a bummer just to like it it's it's a bittersweet feeling I guess like you look at Twitter and you see all this awesome stuff of his just like pop up from different people and it's like man I really wish. I would have known about all this like while he was still with us and and putting stuff out but uh, yeah i heard yeah pour one out for a legend indeed also uh maybe the greatest sp's host in history and was very much never invited back yeah he got yeah, his, he got his one time yep. it's tough it's tough to find that footage the internet does not contain been, a lot of it's it it's been squeaked clean squeaked clean is, so. it is tremendous he thrived in an awkward moment in like the best kind of way, which was that's like I, I love you know that that's humor right that's it. yeah that's humor that's really kind of like fun to me, but at the same time like it can it can get off the rails pretty fast. So he he did a really good job of like yeah, like I said, Jordan, you know, uh, probably like wouldn't have named Norm uh, on the, in one of like uh, a conversation of like people I like the most, but then all of a sudden you start consuming all this stuff. You're like God, this guy was awesome. I mean, this yeah. is like this is like high level funny right in my wheelhouse kind of stuff right now so anyhow who else is here one love oh right um yeah my name is jason Kreck. i am also in the friendly city of harrisonburg i tweet things at jason Kreck. 
Um, yeah. Go Dukes. Excited to uh, go Dukes. Excited to be here. Um, Jordan stole my Norm McDonald thing, so. Yep. That's why. Yeah. That's why I'm the GOAT. Also, I think probably the best weekend update hosts of all time. Yeah. That's a high that's bar to clear, so there because there were some good ones. But he like You're not a Colin Jost guy? Hmm. Sometimes. <laughs> I, th- I do think the thing that him and Michael Shea do where they write each other's jokes and don't let each other that is, is very funny. That is really, really um, funny. Yes. Mostly just because Michael Shea just openly tries to get Colin Jost to be as racist as possible. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, I mean, I think, so Seth Meyers actually talked about it. He was like, when I, when I took over Weekend Update, I had to, like, force myself to not deliver those lines as, like, as basically just a Norm MacDonald impression. Because mm. he was like, Norm Norm was the best one to do it. So like when you think Lincoln Update, you think of his like deadpan stilted delivery and it was just perfect. And so Yeah. Um yeah, the two big ones were the one was uh well now I don't remember. So that's that's useless. Good good use of airtime. But there <laughs> so there was the one that was like the the two <laughs> pie graphs. The big ones that, that really the two pie graphs that had uh like accidents and lethal accidents and um the the Basically, women committed more driving accidents, but men committed way more lethal accidents. And then he said, you'll notice that the numbers on this these pie graphs don't add up to 100, and that's because the math was done by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, and I'd also like to point out that that joke was written by a woman, woman so now you don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> so it was very funny. Hey, layers. Stuff. Had layers. layers. No McDonald had layers. Absolutely. Uh, we got any any tasty beverages tonight? Uh, I'm drinking more Lacroix. This is passion fruit, and uh, it's really good. It's kind of like a very similar to like a, a, a like a cheap grocery store fruit punch, or like a Capri mm. Sun kind of getting Capri mm. Sun vibes without okay. the poison. So like yeah, like someone had a Capri Sun in a room next door and they No, this it. is more flavorful than just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. essence of Capri Sun. Yeah. That's right. That's why I like the mango one too. Yeah. Correct? Uh I am on me. Uh, I am departing to the lake tomorrow, so I am finishing my devil's backbone O Fest. Gotcha. You sound like you could use like a shot of espresso. I'm just gonna be honest. But Thanks man. I appreciate yeah, man, it. Listen, just you know, I'm just uh, take this shit to the next level, bro. Do you feel me? <laughs> I I have consumed caffeine like three times in my entire life, so a shot of espresso to Jason Craig would be well. There's no time like the present, Jason. Something listen, to experience, Jason. You, we've all we've all wanted to do cocaine, and for you, that that could be your chance, your opportunity. Yeah. I've often said this. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, lucky for you, you haven't built a tolerance to over the counter. You know, stimulants like caffeine. Right. Yeah, I mean, Jason, my life is I wake up and I make half a pot of coffee and then I pour the entire half pot of coffee into my big Yeti jug and walk it into the front room and then just dose out of it for the... Basically, makes me gets me to like 10 a.m. Yeah, it's like yeah. a slow drip. Yep. That's good yeah. for the body. No, I mean, the, the, one of the benefits is that every time I am like, I need a little bit of caffeine, it just like wires me up. So that's good. Yeah. Gotcha. Excellent. I, uh, I'm, I'm cooking on some water. That's it. Just flat, a still water, a flat water for the table. Flat yeah. water is fine. Flat water for the table in the Gators cup. It's Gators week. Yeah, it is Gators week. Um, you know, so 
Not sure how to feel about it yet, but we're we're gonna build we're gonna build some excitement. We're fixing here. it can, to find out. I can I can feel it. I can feel it. So, anyhow, all right, boys. Anything um, new and exciting to report, Jason? We forgot, and I it's my fault. We neglected the Duke's moment last episode. Yeah. I want to yeah. give you the floor real quick. But we kind of promised uh, that we would forget the Duke's moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's, it's, so it game, seemed so. intentional. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Right, right. So I'll give. I'm going to give you 20 seconds here to give us uh, get us caught up on the Duke's and a tight, a tight 20. A tight absolute, 20. absolute lying. You are lying to do everybody. the Dan Marino fast take. The Duke's beat Maine 55 to seven. Maine's a pretty good team, so that was a shellacking. Um, and a very good one. Our quarterback was 25 of 30 for 379 and four touchdowns. So, Heisman time. All good right. Saturday. That's good on the good, good for the Dukes moment. Go, Dukes. Um, that Best is an impressive, football team in Virginia. Everybody an knows impressive, this. oh, God. Here we go. An impressive quarterback line. Um, appreciate you for getting that in there as well. Um, but hey, you know, better them than others, I suppose, right? I don't even know what that means, but yeah, let's go with it. Well, I mean, listen, if Jamie is the best team, that means there's other teams that aren't. And yeah, like, so, oh, who do you? Some, sometimes, we're, sometimes I, I like to root for other teams to fail. I was confused. I was, no, I fully understand. Case I, in I point, was confused the, as to what the reply was to. I thought you were replying to the quarterback thing, and I had no idea what uh, that meant, but you were circling back to the, got it. Yeah. I'm on board now. I'm with you. All right. Good work. Um, <laughs> all right let's just get into it all right we got some football games coming up this weekend um and uh we're gonna start with the non-pickers here i'm gonna tantalize you guys with a couple options let me know if you have any thoughts you want to get off first up i think this one could be interesting purely for in-state bragging right reasons and the fact that both these teams might be bad and could just be a, a you know a fun game amongst bad teams purdue is at notre dame um not, not going to watch a lick of this. Nope. Probably, probably won't. I don't know what time it is. Uh, Notre Dame does have an opportunity here to, uh, I don't know, shake off some of their early season woes. I don't really. They they seem to have several woes. Their defense apparently isn't great, and their offensive line doesn't block well. Um, but you know, not a recipe usually for a two and zero start. But really they uh, us this game. They had a couple cu- cupcakes to start, so that you know that usually helps you know shake the rust off. Yeah, I, I saw Notre Dame's only favored by seven in this, and mm. I'm curious as to when the last time they played Purdue and were single-digit favorites would be. Yeah. Because, like, Drew Purdue Bre- had some Drew there at Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. A while, but that was a while ago. Just ask Drew yeah. Brees' hair. Oh, God. It's, 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 it has risen from the dead. <laughs> in that real Brian Erlocker. Phoenix. <laughs> the Erlocker. Um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of just a little bit fascinated with Notre Dame. Um, also that tight end, they have that guy, is it Michael Mayer? That dude is good. I mean, he's just, yes, he's just always open. He's the, the next, he's the next one of these freak show, you know, always open tight ends that just gets targeted every play. Um, but has anyone made Kyle Pitts comparisons yet? Or are we going to be the first? To do I think that? we just did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I don't know that I've seen <laughs> him like. Not necessarily behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen him like you know That's house a, like a screen pass yet. But mm-hmm. you know, I think Pitts was special because he like actually was just sneaky. He was just like Keyshawn Johnson, but he like lined up at the end of the line occasionally. Like he was uh, he was a wide receiver. He was not really a tight end. He just did 
he did tight end things and was like six seven. He wore cool. the tight end name tag for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He chipped occasionally. You know, a guy would be coming around and he would right. just give him a little shoulder before right. he slid out the fat flat. Uh, he was a willing blocker. He was not a good blocker. You know what well, I'm saying? Attitude and, is sometimes more than half the battle. That's what, they, that's what Dan Mullen demands out of out of some of his players. You know, you don't have to be a good running quarterback. You just have to be willing to run and be the quarterback. <laughs> that's all you need. You get, you know. Kyle Trask gets out there rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. That's a big yeah. dude. Gets behind the pads. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You don't want that. All right. Next up, speaking of rumbling, bumbling, and stumbling, Florida State is at Wake Forest. Um, I think Wake is like a seven-point favorite here, seven and a half maybe. I saw four and a half. Okay. I think it opened I'm wrong. closer to seven. Okay. Uh, I, probably was, I probably saw it yesterday. Uh I don't know. It, it, interesting here. Florida State has maybe gotten the short end of the stick uh, on both of their games a little bit, but also has lost both their games, one of them, to a team they never should have lost to. Uh, and Wake Forest is decent. So, um, I mean, should be an interesting enough game. Can't foresee myself watching a whole lot of this. Uh, but, you know, I've been known to tune into a Florida State game every now and then just to kind of just absorb some of the sh- the, the Schadenfreude. Checking out the nose. Yeah. I mean, I think, the, I think most of these games, the UVA accepted, and, and maybe, well, certainly the first two, are basically some of these interesting games are always like, if the Twitter timeline is laughing at it, I'll probably t- pop over and check it out. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I just use that yeah. as my scouting report. If FSU is 0-3. Now we're talking. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. Things get a little dicey. Just, just saying. Willie Taggart didn't get a didn't get a whole lot of didn't get a whole lot of uh, let's pre- preach patience. I'll say that. So yeah, they still they still after this have their schedule does not get better at UNC at Clemson home Miami at Florida. Yeah. Um, I guess those are the four glaring ones, but some of these others won't be easy. Yeah, there's some other marginal. I mean, do they play like NC State. Yeah, yep. they got NC State at home. They go to Boston College. Louisville's on that side. They got Louisville at home and Syracuse at home. But Louisville is the, one of the most befuddling teams in the world. Because yeah. you watch them play, and they look like they should be so good. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they're losing by, like, 40. And you're like, what happened? They have all these good players, and they make all these exciting plays. They just, like, do boneheaded things and turn the ball over randomly and, like, don't play any defense, maybe. I mean, that is, that's a way to lose, for sure. Yes. Um, but I've always I've always kind of marveled at uh, at the Louisville experience. I think they play UCF tomorrow uh, Friday night. Yep. Yeah, could, that, that, that's that one will be worth checking watch. in on. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe worth... sprinkle a little on the over there because you know nobody's <laughs> playing a lick of defense. In that game. <laughs> yeah, that's worth that'll be worth checking in on. What is the? Um, hold on one second. The over under is currently sixty seven and a half. Oh. Wow. Oh, that's definitely Atta- attainable. Sprinkle territory. Yeah, you, you know, you know, Malzahn would love nothing more than to just score like nine points in the first half just to crush everyone's over. He's going to be audition. I mean, Malzahn to the ACC, perhaps. Mm. You never know. Mayhaps <laughs> auditioning in front of the Hokie Club. We yeah. haven't had our first auditioning in front of the Hokie Club reference. <laughs> no, we'll get, this we'll get to that later this year, I'm sure. <laughs> right, right. Good point. Um, all right, we'll keep it moving here. I was just interested in this because uh, this was. There was some Twitter buzz surrounding like fan interactions at this game. Mississippi State is at Memphis, um, and I saw Memphis is banning artificial noisemakers at the game. And there was like a very clearly like an anti cowbell message 
being sent uh, via their social media. And um, I don't know, just just this seems like things could get rowdy at this game. So I would say, again, keep an eye on the Twitter timeline um, and then maybe check in on this because it could get weird. Yeah, uh, I I did a little looking into this game. Memphis is giving up over 400 yards or nearly 400 yards through the air per game. Mm. So There's far. no D in Memphis, Paul. They are also gaining over 600 yards a game. Whoa. On the offensive side of the ball. So <laughs> that's another hey. another over sprinkle candidate, perhaps. That's uh that's that's sticking that's really doubling down, right? That that's yeah, called doubling em- down. Embracing right there. the pace in a different direction. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Jordan was a little surprised that this one didn't make the cut for pickers. Uh but UVA is at North Carolina. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, so I I saw the line opened at 10, I think, North Carolina by 10. It's down to UNC minus 8 in that neighborhood. Um, UVA's won four straight against North Carolina. Uh, they typically get up and, and play pretty well for this game. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to come down to who generates the most pressure against the opposing quarterback. Um, Sam Howell lit this game on fire last year. He was 23 for 28, 443 yards, and four touchdowns. In uh, a losing effort. In a losing effort. Wow. That's right. Uh, Brennan Armstrong had had some things to say about that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, like, UVA, they have been or have wanted to be the Havoc Who's for a couple of past couple of years. They've only got yeah. five sacks through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, yeah. UNC, on the other hand, has only tallied two sacks through two games. Um, so I think if you give Brennan Armstrong time in the pocket, he's going to find open guys at some point. He's shown really good decision-making, especially when the O-line gives him some time. So I would bet Virginia to cover. I would not be surprised if they won this game outright. Um, but I'd still have concerns about UVA's defense. So I sure. I expect either a track meet, they embrace, again, uh, a f- kind of up-and-down style like they did last year, or maybe Bronco tries to establish the run a little bit more and keep the ball out of Howell's hands. So, Yeah, I just don't think – I mean – North Carolina's offense, at least in what I've seen so far, isn't as special as it was last year either, right? So, I mean, maybe they're just more of a balanced team. Their defense might be slightly better. Offense is definitely not as good. Um, Virginia, just hard to say. Like you said, neither of these teams appear to be generating a whole lot of pass rush uh, in the early parts of the season. So we'll see how it goes. Um, You know, would love to see uh, just a a humdinger of a game by the Honorable Dr. Robert and I. But yeah, uh, let's hope he yeah. rides rides the hot hand from last week. Also, uh, this came up on the Levitard show the other day, but they were saying, just talking about Robert and I got me thinking. Um, all if you're like a hardcore college football fan, there is like a offensive coordinator name that will just like make your blood boil. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, everybody has one. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I remember, and like Virginia Tech fans will just like. It was Brian Steinspring, right? That was yep. it was Steinspring. Like they, that guy was the on the receiving end of all of the crap for a while, and was and was there. And listen, like I don't think he wasn't deserving of it. Their offenses were putrid and really tough to watch. But you know, it was just like I, I just remember that. I mean, Virginia's been through a lot of them, right? 
um, Florida. We we had a little Doug Nussmeyer situation where my man would go hard play action on all like third and eight plus. Like that was fooling anybody. Like anybody was going for the like boy was biting at the at the hard play action on third and eight. Um, oh, there's just some things. Anyhow, I just I just wanted to bring that up. See if you guys had any names you wanted to offer into the pile. Defensive coordinators too, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think offensive coordinator wise, uh, for me, Greg Brandon is the big oh, one. He was the guy from Bowling Green that was supposed to be the spread guy, right? Yeah, he was and supposed was like, to be fast spread guy, and then he lost to William Mary week one. Jamil Jamil Sewell was going to be out here. Peter Lalek was going to be getting it done, maybe. Yeah, so that was tough. Um, oh. Defensive coordinator, I think John Tenuta probably. <laughs> I mean, he he blitzed a lot. He he had some like. Must champ tendencies, but he was also apparently just a huge to everybody. Um, yeah, and, and did not get along with players or other coaches. So you don't become a lifetime defensive coordinator type without being like, <laughs> like usually, like you'll work your way into like become a head coach at some point. But if you're like a lifetime, just like cussing defensive coordinator, you're probably not. Uh, you know, you're not. You're not a. Yeah, fun I, th- guy. I think he's also got a son playing for Justin Puente now, but I'm sure that has nothing to do oh, yeah. with his parenting abilities or anything like that. So. No, no, just his just his son's decision making. Right. That's all. Right. Yeah. Independent of his father's. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, do you have any Joe Carrico? <laughs> yeah, he, ran, he ran the boys well. I know. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This could get me in more trouble than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, I don't really I'll like this you. question. I won't bet you into it anymore. I just there, are head, there, like, there is a head coach that puts the... Maybe, maybe still wears purple and gold somewhere? No. No. Uh, don't know where he is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have a feeling I do know you do know Not where he is. Not that one. It was, a, it was a brief... There's only a couple to choose from, so... Yeah, right. I got you. Okay. All right. Well, anyhow, I just like it's a, that's a mark of college maybe, football. Maybe fandom. a cousin of on Twitter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know his relations, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Jordan. Yeah, you're right. right. It's and not fair to speculate. The last one I put on here is Fresno at UCLA. I was just interested, much like my my uh, my Mississippi State North Carolina State game last week. This one, I feel like UCLA might come into this game a little a touch overvalued. Is all. Uh, and I was wondering if if the line was like super juicy here, you might want to jump on Fresno. Just a thought. Okay. Uh, the line it. is eleven points juicy. Hmm. So. Oh, uh, so you, I, ESPN has it as 11.5, so you can get that full eleventh if you wanted it right now. Yeah, but. I mean, I I don't hate that. Like, do you think the difference between Fresno and UCLA is? close to the same as the difference between Florida and Alabama. I mean, Fresno played Oregon pretty tough, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, what did, two, what I mean, did Fresno UConn do in week two? Fresno? Um, yeah. yeah. That was Oregon. They lost 31-24 to Oregon. That did, they week play week, did they play week one? Yeah, it was uh, UConn. Oh, <laughs> they, so. they pounded UConn. I mean, the, the other the other two options are UConn and a, oh, Cal Poly. Okay, who they both beat the hell out of but like fresno state was beating oregon in the fourth quarter right anyhow so, and i know ucla looks good and they beat uh lsu and all that but uh are we sure lsu is not a flawed team 
Oh no, I'm on the record as being they're very flawed. Yeah, yeah their no, coach. I'm, is, their I'm, co- I'm adding. I'm adding supplemental information. I agree with you. Yeah, their coach is adult, and they, you know, they're trying to recreate magic without magical players, which is not a good, not a good situation to be in. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Having lived through a Urban Meyer, Steve Adazio, uh, Scott Loeffler offense situation at Ooh, Florida. Oh, there's another Virginia Tech name. No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. My man Waffler is still out here at uh, Bowling Green. Is he still head coach at Bowling Green? I think he's going to get fired this year. But yes, he is the next Bowling Green head coach to get fired um, for sure. Yeah, he's three and sixteen lifetime at Bowling Green. Just saying, there's just certain names. There's certain names that will oh, somehow yeah. like Loeffler spun. I was Tim Tebow's quarterback coach into like a tremendous career, twenty year career, like yeah. like being an offensive coordinator and being a wide receiver coach and you know being now a head coach and just you know just getting it done. So shout out to Tim Tebow at all times. Anyhow, all right, Jordan, take us into the picks. Big week, Woo. big week here. We're rounding it into form. It is a form. big week. Uh, we have our fingers on the pulse. Yeah, we are we are maintaining our fingers on the pulse. Uh, we are all profitable at this point in the season. If if we engaged in such illicit activities, um, which, you know, we would never do. Uh, again, these picks are for entertainment purposes only. Um, so don't, don't quote us on any of them unless they're correct. Uh, so we've got five games. As per usual, we will pick them against the spread. We'll start with Jason Kreck, and we will start with a nooner. As is custom, we are going... Back to the Midwest, where Indiana hosts the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincy is favored on the road by four points. Hmm. Road, road dog. Not red dog. Road face. I am going to take Indiana. Oh, the home dog of the week, Indiana. Home dogs. Um I don't know. They they looked. I think they. I think they got there just like looking like absolute trash out of the way two weeks ago. Um, I like that they're back at home again for the second week in a row. Um, I don't have a ton of like uh, data to give you. Um, That's fair. I think since he going on the road for the first time, their first two games were Miami of Ohio and Murray State. Um, not the Indiana are world beaters, but they're better than those two. Um, True. It's a noon. It's a noon kickoff. Noon kickoff. So it's eleven. Is it? Is it eleven there? Are they over in the central? Yeah, they don't do assume. daylight savings time in Indiana. Oh, so yeah, they just, like, we got to reset things like three times. So, so. Um, also, and this is uh, this is almost certainly me reading too far into it. I think I think Cincinnati might have a distraction this week based on. The former Cincinnati athletic director who just fired a head coach out in Los Angeles. Who's oh, that that doesn't sound like a college football distraction to me. No, that sounds like all. a win-one for the Gipper to remind him of all all the happy feelings he that's, has. That's not how any of that works. <laughs> so, anyways, not no data to go on. We'll probably blow up in my face as since he wins by like four touchdowns. But I'm going with Indiana. All right, uh, I'm going to go Cincinnati here. I like their just overall talent better. I really like Desmond Ritter. Um, I saw Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana quarterback. He's got three picks on the season through two games. All three of them were against Iowa. 
Uh, Iowa's got a really good defense, and I think their defense, or I think Cincinnati's defense is going to be more similar of a profile and ability to Iowa's than Idaho's, which Michael Penix Jr. went uh, and and got his groove back on, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I also see Cincinnati's running back, Jerome Ford, is averaging 7.8 yards per carry through two games. Uh, and he's only got a long of 50, so there's not like a huge outlier, huge, huge outlier dragging that along. Um, so I think that helps. If they can get him going early, that helps take some of the pressure off of Ritter as well. I like Cincinnati to win maybe by five or a touchdown. I think it'll be a, an exciting game, though. I don't expect to blow out. Yeah, I don't expect to blow it either, um, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati uh, a little bit of maybe they smell some blood in the water. They know Notre Dame's not that good. These were, you know, Indiana and Notre Dame, they need to look really good in both these games. They have opportunity uh, to probably run the, in all likelihood, run the table um, beyond their uh, their out-of-conference schedule. So, um, I don't know. I think, you know, they, they've come to play every time I've seen so far uh cincinnati and like you said jordan i like their general approach on defense they're uh you know they have a stud all-american corner and um you know a disruptive defense ritter seems like he's improved uh running and passing so i don't know they seem like a complete team to me and indiana i think is is fine i just don't you know i, I still don't think that uh quarterback coming off of a like, super dynamic quarterback coming off of acl uh, surgery sh- should be trusted to like, put the whole game on his back um, at this point. So I'll take Cincinnati here. Uh, those points don't scare me that much. All right. Uh, game number two, we will stay in the noon slot here, uh, taking Oof. it back to the Big East days for Virginia Tech at West Virginia. Um, was was the was there a trophy involved in this game at one point? It was like the Black it's Diamond. The Black Diamond trophy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Do we know if that's still with us or did that get hung up? Did that die? Yeah, with no, the I, I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. So we yeah. got a trophy game. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, um, yeah. The Black yeah, Virginia Diamond. Tech, <laughs> Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia favored at home by three. I am going to go ahead and take the Hokies in this one. Um, I I don't know a ton, obviously, about West Virginia, what what they do well, what they don't, uh, but I did see that they gave up 165 yards rushing to Maryland in week one. Virginia Tech's going to look to run the ball early and often, uh, so if they cancel that down, I, I don't know that they have a great chance at keeping – the Hokies out of the lead. Um, if, if you can force Burmeister to have to throw a lot, that's your best shot. But um, I think having Maryland, having that type of success against West Virginia maybe doesn't bode super well for them. So I'll take the Hokies. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll take the Hokies too. I just think, I think this has the makings of a potentially low scoring game which, um, you know, probably leans Virginia Tech's way uh, in general defensive approach. Um, I just don't – I guess I'm a little unsure why West Virginia is favored in this game too. I think Virginia Tech has been 
nominally uh their their wins have been well their at least one of their wins is probably the better win um when they played yeah. North Carolina and uh they you know demonstrated a willingness and ability to kind of gut a game out like that so you know i think i think a solid virginia tech team should i think they should take care of business here i that line seems a little fishy to me but that's just that's that's all i wish i knew more about west virginia yeah i'm with you um because yeah i don't i don't like that maryland loss very much obviously (laughs) But I don't know what to make of it. I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, to be fair, Maryland does have a tug of Viola spinning the rock for them. Well, so do the Dolphins, and they can't score either. So, <laughs> well, they don't get to play West Virginia and Howard in week. <laughs> that was just such, a, such an immediate response. <laughs> you know, so the Dolphins. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, sorry, why did I think of that? Facts um, are facts. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. I think I'm gonna take West Virginia. I don't love it. Um, I do think that, I mean, West Virginia, Virginia Tech looked pretty blah against Middle Tennessee State last week. Trap game. Um, He'll be fine. Fuentes, Fuentes out here for blood. He might be. <laughs> um, the Justin Fuente revenge tour. Here that USC job's open. Yeah, yeah that's right. His agent, just as soon as that happened, started rubbing his... Um, did you know that Braxton Burmeister is also Virginia Tech's leading rusher? Yeah. Very weird. Um, Virginia Tech has a very good tight end out as well that I yeah, think they, I did they see used um, fairly fairly heavily. But, yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take West Virginia and I'm going to have faith that they can stack the box and make Burmeister throw the ball a little bit. Listen, Jason, nothing... Nothing would make me happier than to have to watch Braxton Burmeister throw 35 times so on Saturday. Here's my dilemma is I know if we all pick Virginia Tech, they're going to lose. Oh, but no. I know So by me picking West Virginia, there's a decent chance I make them win, and I'm just messing with karma, but I'm going yeah. to my gut. College football gods. I understand. Fair enough. I feel you. I appreciate you for taking one for the team there, Jason. You are. Yeah. All right. Uh are the Hokies? Game three, three thirty Eastern time. Uh, I'm glad Logan gets to lead this one off because this one is mm-hmm. near and dear to his heart. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. got Nick Saban. We've got a Todd Grantham sighting. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Alabama at Florida in the swamp. The Crimson Tide are favored by a full two touchdowns and extra points. That's right. It's a minus fourteen line for your game of the weekend. And Logan gets to start. Yeah. Talk about home dog of the week here, you know? <laughs> am I right? You feel me? Oh, man. So I, I am going to just go ahead and cut to the chase here. I'll take Florida to cover. I'm going to give you guys the same speech I, I gave you guys before the Miami game. Big time backdoor cover opportunity here. Um, Florida just played Alabama like two games ago or three games ago for them. Um, put up, it was a very different team. It was a very impressive performance for Florida, not for their defense. Um, Florida's defense does appear to be a touch better this year so far. We're you know we're getting lined up, which is a good start. <laughs> getting lined up. Um, Kyrie Elam is every bit the eraser that um, he was billed to be going into this year. So, I mean, I like him being able to uh, 
lock down one of the Alabama receivers. Um, it's just going to be a matter of if, if, uh, if Florida's secondary can hold up long enough um, to get home. Cause Florida has been really super disruptive in both their games this year. Uh, I, I don't know how many sacks they have. They have to have 14 or 15 sacks on the season in two games. They've, they've, I think they had seven in the first game and um, old, old Mr. Uh, Mr. Quarterback guy from USF did not have a tremendous time against them uh, the other day. So Florida's got plenty of bucks and whatever, you know, daggers or whatever the weird position is where you just get to stand up and rush. Um, they got those guys in droves. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, and then I also think Florida, you know, I, they have over 700 rushing yards in two games, which is crazy to say. It's crazy those words are coming out of my mouth. Richardson has been practicing all week um, and is going to play on Saturday. He has been like unbelievable at taking advantage of his opportunities. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Florida being able to run the ball shortens the game. Um, Maybe, maybe prevents Alabama from just like completely running away with this. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama did obviously, Um, but I don't know at home, big environment. I think Florida can cover the 14 point spread. Uh, we don't do moral victories here, but I will be happy if I am right. Noted. Yeah, I uh, nothing with what nothing what you said is wrong. Um, no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Alabama until they give me a reason not to. That's um, that is a that is just as good a reason as anything. Yeah, I also I also think that there's. I would love to see like some data on this, but I feel like few coaching staffs have been better with time to prepare than Alabama's over the last five, 10 years. Um, and you cannot convince me that they spent all six days last week talking about Mercer. Like they got started on this like last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Nick Saban made it seem like they spent well, uh, all, yeah, all, a lot obviously. of time. He got That's, mad at their preparation. He did. How dare they? A lot of rat poison around the program right now, Jason. You got to look out. Damn right. So, um, yeah, I just, I think Alabama is going to be super prepared, and they're also, you know, one of the most talented teams in the country. And so, oh yeah, I think I think they're going to cover it. I, I do. I think if there's a, there's backdoor cover potential for sure, and it's going to irritate me on Saturday. So, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the tide. All right. I'm also going to take Alabama here. Uh, again, this is more of a, like, I don't want to get too cute and try to try to pre- get ahead of talk the curve. Your, talk yourself into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, but I think, like, their their defense is filthy. And mm-hmm. I I have concerns about Florida's ability to pick that apart without Kyle Trask at quarterback. Um I think like I think if you could somehow merge uh, AR-15s, kind of all his tools with Emory Jones's maybe knowledge of the playbook and experience and that thing, you've got a quarterback that's got a shot at at really making this a tight contest. Um, But I I just think there are limitations on both of those quarterbacks that are are going to prevent it from from really being a close one. So I I think Florida just needs to keep it tight for the first quarter and yes. and they should be good to go. But if they get 
if they just get blitzkrieged, then I I don't have high hopes. So yeah. I'll I'll go with the proven investment for this one. Um, but I am excited to see kind of how Florida responds to a big game this early sure. in the season because we're not. I mean, I'm I'm not accustomed to seeing this big of an SEC matchup this early in the year. And that may no, this be. is usually Florida usually plays either Kentucky or Tennessee in like their first the the first SEC game. So this is a little different. Um yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean I I will you know as of just speaking purely as a fan, really hope that uh you know Florida comes out and has a little bit of um I, I don't want it to be gimmicky on offense, but I, I would hope that uh it's been pretty vanilla on offense the past couple of weeks intentionally um big plays aside i mean those just happen because of the talent of the players right so that mm-hmm. that was that's been cool to see um but yeah I, I i also i mean i'm not saying that emory jones is out here tanking games he throws horrific interceptions and and has thrown really bad interceptions in spots where he can afford to throw interceptions and he is not going to be in those spots probably this weekend i doubt he's going to be up 35 to 3 on alabama and get to throw a bad interception and then like you know it can be a learning moment right like he needs to have learned from all four of his interceptions so far this year and not do you know the stare down the guy and drill the corner in the flat or something like that so i mean it's going to be a really 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 big game for Henry jones if he plays poorly uh the fans are going to be all over him and it's we're going to be looking at another uh Felipe Franks versus the fans situation. And I think Emory Jones is, for what it's worth, a better guy than Felipe Franks. Like, I don't know that he's going to flip off the crowd and, you know, grab his nuts or anything. But I think that, you know, I I, I kind of like, that's, I hate seeing that kind of behavior out of the fans, yeah. you know, because I think you should sort of, you know, root for your guys, um, you know, that are, that have put their, basically their entire life into <laughs> being yeah. successful. Nobody wants to be successful more than them. Right. You know, it's kind of, uh, it, it's like, you know, these guys aren't being intentionally bad or anything, but um, uh, conversely, if it does go bad, I mean, it's going to be super interesting to see like what Florida's approach for the remainder of the season is, or, you know, if all of a sudden we're looking at Richardson getting more than 50% of the snaps moving forward, um, or if this is a, a, a situation in which maybe Embry's just not your guy and it becomes increasingly clear over the next couple of weeks and you know you 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 do the you do the Jeff Driscoll thing and maybe it's time for Emory to move on after this year or something like that. I don't want to think that that is likely, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways this could go, and uh, this is going to be a really big week uh, for Florida football for sure. Yeah. A lot of recruits, a lot of recruits in town this week too. I mean, this is – this, this is the game you fill up the end zone seats uh, with all the recruits, you know, five-star Evan Stewart's going to be in town, you know, looking at probably his top two schools, but that's pretty, pretty big. So um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, next we've got Auburn at Penn state, 7:30 PM in happy Valley. Uh, the Nittany lions are favored by six points in this Jason start us off. I'd rather not pass. <laughs> you're taking the, that's a push. You, you're taking the push. If you pass, <laughs> if you pass, you push. have to take the push. Um, you guys see the media ask, um, old Mr. Head Coach guy about the USC job. Yeah, you want to you want to talk about distracted coaches, Jason? Talk yeah, about this, a non-answer. 
You're right. If Justin Fuente's agent is smart, he's positioning already for the <laughs> state job. If Justin Fuente somehow wangles this horrific run he's had in Blacksburg into the Penn State job. I shouldn't say horrific. It hasn't been horrific, but it has not been... Uh, it's been eventful. It has not been confidence-inspiring. Uh, you know, I, I have a tough time seeing Penn State get super excited for a Virginia Tech's football coach. Anyhow, go ahead. I love talking about this. I think I'm going to take Penn State. Um, Ooh. This is like yeah. an Outback Bowl matchup like of your dreams right here, you know? I yeah. don't love that the line is six. I wish it were five, like ESPN indicates it is. Um, but, well. yeah, I mean, I think that both of Penn State's wins are better than both of Auburn's wins right now. Um, and they're playing at home. They got the first whiteout of the year. Um, now, if there's anybody who does enough weird crap to mess with that, it's St. Bo Nix, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think Penn State's got enough talent. They're going to be amped up night game on ABC with the whiteout college game day and all that good stuff. So I'm going to take Penn State and I know I, I wouldn't shock me if Auburn won this game for all of the reasons I just said. Sure. Uh, I'm also going to take Penn State despite my longstanding James Franklin trust issues that have been well documented on this podcast. Indeed, indeed. Um, JFTI. I, I am also. That's right. Uh, we'll we'll copyright that. Print print the T-shirts. Um, I I am going to side with all the fun fanfare and noise and energy that comes with a whiteout. Um, I am also going to fade road bow nicks because his home road splits are mm. really something else ladies and gentlemen um and i want him to prove me wrong before i start trusting trusting that version of him so i'll take penn state uh, i really want to take auburn because i think their defense is probably going to be one of the most talented defenses that penn state's going to play and uh, they've been nominally more impressive than I think I, I thought they were going to be um, coming into this season so far. And they've looked more organized than I was hoping. Uh, Nick's on the road is terrible. They do have Tank Bigsby. Their running back is great. Yeah. Um, so if they could really, like, pound the rock and lean on that, they might be able to keep this close. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take Auburn to cover. I don't think Auburn wins. I like Penn State to to win here, but... I think that uh, this could be a rock fight game, and Penn State's already played one of those this year. But I, I don't, I don't know that this is going to be a thing of beauty, <laughs> which is fine. I think yeah. it's going to be chaos, which I'm fully on board with. Well, what kind of chaos? I mean, like like high scoring chaos, or just like it's going to be a like a no, chaotic just like environment, a, like seven yeah, turnovers, just, chaos. just a, a bit of a mess. Yeah, like <laughs> the Bo Nix variable will will come out at some point. It's I think it's going to be delightful. Yeah, let's get weird. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, final game of the evening. We've got Arizona State at BYU. This is a ranked-on-ranked -ranked matchup to cap the night off. Arizona State favored by three and a half on the road. Guys, you know I'm going BYU here because yeah. they've got the fast quarterback, like we talked about, 
in their in our previous episode. Uh, they've also got a, an amped up home environment coming off of their first win in the Holy War in several years. And the most important variable of them all, they've got the elevation on their side. The Mountain Boys are 4,550 feet above sea level. Tempe, Arizona only clocks in at 1,495. So the Sun Devil's got to climb 3,000 feet. Kinda. I'm kind of surprised it's that high, to be honestly. You want to know what elevation? 3,000 feet. That air's going to be thin. They're going to be gassed by the third quarter. Give me the kooks. You want to know what elevation I live my life at? Yes. 14. <laughs> Seriously. Thick air. We got thick air here, guys. That's why I'm an, in, I'm an inefficient beast. But uh, for most of the reasons you just said, Jordan, I love BYU here. Uh, a little bit of a let them look ahead kind of potential here just because of um i don't know what they'd be looking ahead to but maybe maybe i should just say let down potential uh, hangover, here just, just yeah hangover big um big win but uh you know they don't drink at BYU so they don't get hungover so i right. think we'll go with the cougs here tough team um but arizona state you know dynamic quarterback they they get out they get out and make it work but uh yeah i think BYU is good Potentially. Yeah, I agree with you. I I would I think BYU wins this game. Um so I uh yeah, you guys have gone over it. Yeah, I mean I am I am interested to see how Arizona State looks against BYU because I would have thought Utah would have the horses, maybe, to like really really get out in space and and make some guys miss uh they didn't apparently so yeah you told us apparently the pac-12 is really good this year so they that could be true just utah for whatever reason they're like almost like they're like wannabe wisconsin or iowa like they just to me it seems like they almost intentionally like or you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Just sometimes the the team that is very if like your whole thing is toughness, then sometimes it's to me that's that's just as gimmicky as like you know your uh freaking you know whatever the go go offense. The, yeah, the go go the go go offense. Yes, yes. Get that offense off my television. Also, don't ever want to see it. But uh, anyhow, so. That's that's my that's my, those are my feelings on Utah. This is why Utah can cover if there's big spreads, but uh, this is also why you can't trust them ever to cover a big spread of their own. Yeah, I have I, got uh, I have uh, Kyle Whittingham trust this use. KWTI. That's fair. Yeah, hair like right. that, you can't you can't <laughs> ever trust them. Year to year hair change like that is uh, it's just too much for me. But anyhow, okay, cool. Well, should be a good weekend. Excited as always to uh, flick on the tube and uh, take it all in. Excited, especially excited to see the environment in the swamp. It's super sold out and um, nice, obviously, you know, for all the reasons that we like college football to see fans back in the stadiums, you know, uh, other other things aside, um, it's been, it's certainly is like helps the viewing experience. I think college football is one of the few sports where it's like really cool uh, when the the stadiums are packed and the environment is, is noisy so we'll see how it goes yeah yep all right you guys got anything else can't say that too
Cool. Uh, Jordan, real quick, what's the what? What are our records? Do you know? We are all six and four. We're all six and four, heading into a big week here. We we got some opportunities to make some gains here too. I think so. We'll see how it goes. Anyhow, thanks for joining us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Wheel Route. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can go to thewheelroute.com. You can stream the show there. You can also see the pick spreadsheet, so you can fade us in real time. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. That's it. It's over. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.